welcome everyone to the second birthday Path Pod tea. I hope everybody's brought their special beverages. I know that I have mine and I'm so excited <laughs> to be joined here by a group of co-hosts, collaborators, and friends. And so as always, I'm Sarah Jang. I'm at Duke and we'll just go around and tell you who's in the room. Starting with Dr. Gardner is the first one. Jared Gardner, and I'm at Geisinger Medical Center in Danville, Pennsylvania now. Very much. Nicole Riddle, work at Tampa General Hospital as part of USF Health. Everyone, Kamran Mirza, Loyola Medicine in Chicagoland. Dr. Christina Arnold. Hello, I am a master certified coach, and I am a GI pathologist at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus. Hi, I'm Sanam Logabi. I'm a hematopathologist and a molecular pathologist at ME Nursing Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. Hi, I'm Lisa Zhang. I'm a cytopathologist and GI pathologist at Mass General Hospital in Boston. Hi, I'm Raul Gonzalez. I'm a GI pathologist. This is literally my first day at Emory, and I'm really just here to make sure that my webcam and microscope, my phone and brain are working. Hmm. We'll see about that, huh? <laughs> Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Arnold. I'm a pediatric pathologist at Children's Hospital Colorado, and I'm also at the University of Colorado on the Anschutz Medical Campus in Denver, Colorado. Awesome. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone? So good. So glad to see all of your beautiful faces. Great. Yeah. Raul, that office looks nicer than your old office. Is that the case? Uh, in many <laughs> ways, yes. This one is not a converted supply closet, unlike my last one. Congratulations for the upgrade. That's awesome. Yay. Yeah, congrats on your move. We there will miss you. a window on the door. <laughs> yes, a window that they covered over with some uh, opaque There's a lot of potential bills, so I can't... Where, Where at Emory is your office, Raul? I'm trying to visualize it on so, the... So I share a wall with the fellows room. Ah, okay. So I'm, I'm kind of between the fellows room and then the hallway to the other faculty offices. Oh, cool. Okay. They cover the window on the door, so if you're taking a nap, people don't see. Well, it's funny because uh, at BI, when I was touring and they showed me my office, the door did not have a window. And then when I joined, there was a window there, and they said, yeah, we had to put that in. And I'm like, okay. And I was walking around, and like no one else's door had a window. (laughs) See, my office has a window, but it's like a hazy at the bottom, you know, uh-huh. but people can still like peek up over to see, you know, if, <laughs> if you're in there or not and see this cool, see that little door between the door and the window. Is that's that for putting r- slides in. Oh, it's got oh, a door neat. on the outside and the inside. So all my slides get delivered there. It's so you, I've never seen another place. To that all the awesome. You don't have to interact with anyone. Cool. So you don't so have to see there's anyone. There's like a tray on the top that goes like to the, the secretaries for like sheets or things that are returning or, or something that needs to go send out or whatever. Then there's a, a shelf to go back to file. And then there's a shelf for new incoming stuff. And then a mail shelf. It's really cool. I, I really That's quite like it. Cool. They've thought of a lot of stuff. The lab here is because it's like a new lab that they built like six or seven years ago, maybe. And they, it was designed by the pathology department. Like wow. they were, here's how it should <laughs> be. Cool. And you should get your slides like, and not okay. We should all be taking notes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. We should I invite us all, all out to come see your lab. Yeah. I think that a- would be really, really fun. <laughs> it's the nicest lab I've ever been to. It's fantastic. Wow. So I, actually that brings up a good question. So we have door like slots on our door where our slides get delivered. Do y'all get that? Is that just a Duke thing? I've never heard of that either. Not oh, yeah. places so, so hold on. Mm-hmm. See how there's like these little bins oh. on the door. 
there's an incoming and an outgoing bin and my slides arrive and go in the incoming bin, obviously. But like with rubber bands or what? Like how? But how do they not? I mean, there's something in my incoming bin and I'm going to totally ignore it. And if I want to send slides for consults to someone else, I just wrap them up in the outgoing bin and say e-consult to Dr. So-and-so. And there's a courier that comes around and delivers the slides uh, and then takes the slides to the other place. Is that just like a Duke? That's a very that is such a I guess so. I feel like a third world country right now because I have Oh yeah, MD Anderson, definitely a third world country. That's what I think of when I think of that institution. I was thinking the only thing is, is those boxes are so small. Like you could fit so little in there. Like one of my dying cases wouldn't fit in that. Yeah, so, so I, I can get one GI biopsy at a time. Well, you know, here at Duke, we just don't have that much work. It's really easy. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, one one head and neck case will take up that whole box. So when there are more than will fit, they will kind of stack them up near your door um, when you get your deliveries. But it's nice because I then don't have to run around delivering my consults. Sometimes I do if I want to see somebody, but otherwise I don't have to get any exercise at all, which is exactly the way <laughs> I like it. I just pictured actually coming in on a morning and there just being piles and piles of slides stacked on the floor in front of your door. It sometimes happens, but usually it's just the beginning of the day where you get the big bolus. And then throughout the day, it's more of a like gentle waterfall, like a gentle cascade, a gentle cascade of slides. So how do they not fall out? out. The bands, I mean, the rubber bands on it or something? They're they're very... we have a lot of orange rubber bands. I hate the rubber oh, dear. bands. The first thing I do when I get a tray is I throw the rubber band in the trash and, and open it up. I hate having the covers on the tray too. Although I realize the trade-off is that they get dusty if they sit even for a couple of days. But I just like being able to see what's in each tray. So I keep all of my trays stacked open all the time. I The cover is not going to keep your slides from going on the floor, right? If you knock it off, they're going to fall. I mean, I guess sometimes it does, but I mean, minimally, you know. What do you do with your slides when you sign the case out? Do you keep them in your office or do you send them off? I have yeah, them I, in my office. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Jared also I, throws I them back in the, the, the return to file gone. stack and it gets picked up and taken away. I like mm-hmm. to stack my cases when I'm done with them. I stack them on my back table here. That Most of that stuff is educational, but I stack them and I don't let anyone take them away until the end of the day because I feel very successful. Sometimes I put a couple empties in there to make it feel like I've gotten more done, you know? Because there's some days you work on some hard cases. I'm like, man, I like busted my butt for hours and I like signed out five things, it feels like, you know, so I got to, you know, I got to put a little couple things with just like one or two slides in it. And then I feel like when I got a sufficiently large pile, I'm like, okay, I've gotten enough work done now. And then I file it all at once. It makes me feel accomplished. Probably Christina is like, oh, we could do a lot of coaching sessions here. <laughs> Real work. My wife doesn't. I was like, I'm going to say She's in my like, situation. I don't to hear how it happens over here. We have an entirely digital paper workflow. So I get glass slides, but I get no paperwork. Everything is in the beaker system, or if it's a consult case attached as a PDF. So slides, we're a pretty small group. Most of our offices connect to one central area where all our admins are hanging out. So slides will come up to our boxes there, or they'll get dropped on our desks. And then when we're done, there's a central place to put them to get filed. But I don't miss having paperwork to shuffle around. Oh, that's so nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay, guys. So what is everyone's favorite thing from PathPod this year? My favorite thing from PathPod is, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so I was just going to ask, is everyone going to be at CAP this year? I'll be there. Everyone's, everyone's going to be there? Is October cool weather in New Orleans? Probably not, huh? It depends. Uh, it can be pretty hot. Oh, yeah, because Jared, you used to live there, right? I lived there yeah, for Yeah, because you went to med school, years. right? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, oh, cool. it, it can be just like much of the Gulf Coast, right? It's a toss up. Uh, October can be really nice weather. It could also be pretty hot and, and uncomfortable. And they could okay. have a hurricane in October, too. Oh, yeah. October is prime hurricane season, actually. Mm. So, yeah, Katrina was what, August? August 31st. Is that right? But yeah, we had a couple of big hurricanes in October. It's like the last, last major month of hurricane season. Hmm. Were you there for Katrina? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't stay. Thank God. Yeah. I had five feet of water in it, but yeah, I lived there then. Uh-huh. Yeah. We wow. lost all our stuff and everything. Our, so my final year of med school, our whole school moved to Tulane moved to the med center in Houston and which worked out okay for us because my wife's folks uh, lived in Houston and so we had actually already evacuated there and stayed with them. We just went back and threw all our stuff away from out of the house and recovered oh a couple of boxes of stuff that was not really recoverable, but just to feel like I got something out of it. I still have them in boxes. I've thought about getting it all like written up and notarized like a story and like a picture of our destroyed house with stuff floated everywhere and then leave it like as a treasure for like my great, great grandkids, you know? I was like, my ancestors didn't leave me anything. I was like, this would be like a cool story. At least it might not be worth anything, but it'd be kind of cool. So. You, so you survived Katrina and COVID. Yep. Yep. I was a refugee. A lucky I mean, and a, a very privileged refugee, but I mean, the experience of being moved from, you know, against your will from the place where you were living and you lo- losing all your stuff is, it, it's a unusual experience to go through. So it makes me definitely more thoughtful of, especially people that have to go through, you know, much more serious, terrible things to be displaced, how, how very uprooting that is. But I learned early in my life that stuff doesn't matter. Like we lost all our stuff. We got new stuff. You can get new stuff. So that was a good lesson to learn in my early twenties. So I tried to pass that on to my kids. Like we'll buy new stuff. Don't worry. It's just, Aww. just things. So, so it was good, but yeah, I, I probably have a touch of PTSD. Like I'm really paranoid about data loss because I didn't leave my computer, but I almost did. And I didn't really have enough stuff then that really mattered. But like now if, if everything was on my hard drive, it would be devastating. Right. So I have like unlimited Dropbox. I have everything backed up, triple backed up. And I think someone told me, they're like, I think you have PTSD. And I was like, maybe they're right. Maybe that's why. Cause you know, you know, most people don't go through having their house destroyed. So, and please God, let that only be a once in a lifetime thing, but you know, it's made me pretty paranoid about it. Like you don't think about that kind of thing happening, but it can. So anyway, I didn't mean to get so dark on you guys, but it all worked out fine. It was a long time ago now. For pathologists, I think a little bit of darkness has to be included yeah. in every conversation just to keep it real. Right. But yeah, to Christina's question, I was thinking of what my favorite thing about PathPod was this past year. And I think just the fact that it's still going and I'm still getting to have conversations with all these amazing people that y'all are still part of my life. And I know that's a little bit of a cop-out answer, but that is my genuine answer. Here we have more people in- involved. I think that's a, that's probably why it keeps going is we have more people who are contributing and bringing new perspectives and new topics. And you like history and forensics and, you know, so you're getting a lot of people outside of the, like the core group of, you know, mainstream surgical pathology and and covering a lot of topics that are not things that are often talked about. And that's really cool. We're going into people's lives and hobbies and stuff that they do. It's really nice to see that no one else really addresses that kind of stuff. It's too bad. My favorite part is like listening to y'all's voices as I drift off to sleep. (laughs) because <laughs> that's where I, I often like will re-listen to them or listen to some if I have like need to catch up and then I'm like oh I can learn fun stuff in here Sarah and just voice as I so basically <laughs> what what I'm hearing from Dr. Riddle is yeah. that I'm boring and that I put you to sleep no no, no, no. So, it's okay no my residents tell me that all the time <laughs> 
And I'm like, I'm sorry, you're stuck with me, but maybe don't snore at the scope, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's too bad Nicole Jackson couldn't make this. She's, it's been really nice to have her host some episodes. I really like the one that she did with Barbara Sampson, too. That was great. Oh, my gosh. Such great stories and yeah. like fascinating conversations there, for sure. Kamran, what about you? For me, it was Fagenbaum. I was just thinking about it. David Fagenbaum. I have such a huge crush on that guy. And he's like oh. so amazing. And just like, you know, I've read his book. And, you know, and it was a, a long time coming because I was supposed to interview him last year. But then I had to emergently go to Pakistan. And so I had to. And he's such a busy guy. But he rescheduled. And he was so nice. He sent me his book. He's, you know, he signed it to the residents at Loyola Pathology. And, you know, and, and then I kind of reread it before I interviewed him. And he was everything that I kind of expect. Like he just basically, he just outshone everything I thought about him. So that was, I mean, of course, there are many, many highlights, but I think that was the one that came to my mind first. I love you recap like, you know, it for the listeners who might not have listened to it yet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you should listen, listen to it. You, Tell us about his story and a pearl. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So David Fagenbaum is the author of this book called Chasing My Cure. He has a multi-system Castleman disease, idiopathic Castleman disease. And he basically has skirted, kind of been near death multiple times and was effectively a champion of figuring out his own kind of therapy in a way and really is one of the you know, I mean, he runs the Castleman Disease Network and like an amazing group for like gr- grieving families. He does so many things. He's one of the youngest physicians. I can't even like probably think about like all the stuff he does. But effectively, it is about, you know, his story with Castleman and kind of, you know, turning hope into action is kind of his tagline. And I think that one of the things that really uh, stands out for me is his discussion with me about how he was naive enough to be bold enough, you know, and so the timing with his diagnosis during medical school, he hadn't proceeded far enough in medical education for him to be probably like shut down by the house of medicine in the way we think about it. So he was still thinking outside the box and he explains it as naive enough. And I think that that's very, very good. I'm actually going to give you a second pearl. The second pearl is that he is a big champion of and is working towards breaking the silos and research in the sense that there's so many things that are approved for particular diseases and off-label, you know, use of those could possibly really help in other diseases, but there's so much red tape naturally because of safety. So obviously keeping in mind patient safety, there are some drugs that are potentially approved for other things that could be used in different conditions. And he's a huge champion for this, which I thought was very cool. Amazing. And that was the March 10th episode this year. Thank you. Yeah, I think everybody should listen to it and then buy the book. No COI. He he gives me no money for it. Lisa, what about you? Let's get you in the conversation and tell us. You know, I'm just really, really honored to still be a part of PathPod. I always feel like every episode is a lot of work. And that's, I think, something that a lot of listeners might not even realize, like just the whole process that it goes through planning an episode and then the editing part. Oh my gosh, editing takes me a long time. I don't know about you guys, but it's sort of, it's it's painful, but wonderful to be able to put it all together. So I really enjoy that aspect of, of making the podcasts. But as always, I love listening to them. I love that. Sorry, it's still going. And I think it really shows how we stay current with people's lives that, that change over time with our field that changes. So I think that's one of the most incredible things about this podcast that's still going. Oh, we've yeah. loved all your contributions from a trainee to attending. It's, a, it's been a beautiful perspective. Mike, did you add, or Nicole, 
I put her to sleep. That's her favorite oh, that's part. Right. <laughs> How your faces are soothing and I learn in that very precious little breed time. Mm-hmm. And how you put me to sleep. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could ever fall asleep listening to wonderful historical pathologic tidbits. I, I mean, come on. So that's much. like what we all live for. It's like doesn't love it. Adrenaline. It's amazing. I fall <laughs> Mike? Yeah, I thought Nicole Jackson's stuff was great. I'll plug the Crowagen siblings and say we had a lot of fun talking to Diego Castrione about endometrial precancer this year. That was, I think, a fascinating conversation, and he was really such a pleasure to talk to. Tell us a tidbit. He was just so fun to talk to, and he had such an interesting perspective on how he's using immunist chemistry, how the field is using immunist chemistry to tease out which endometrial lesions are actually precancerous. I thought it was really fascinating. And then we did that back in October last year. I was going to share my screen. I can't show you. I I periodically get emails from Chartable with the podcasts, PathPods rank in Apple podcast downloads. And I don't know what happened in the first week of April, but we shot up from like 300 and we've hovered around 50 ever since. So we're in the top 50 life science podcasts on Apple. That's amazing. Amazing. Okay, my favorite thing. So we are, I just checked PathPod is at 64,833 downloads with 74 episodes. That's phenomenal. So phenomenal. And each episode is so lovely. I have to say, I have a soft place in my heart for the PathPod quiz show. I think that's so outrageous and so hilarious. And it's so instructive. Like we are legit teaching pathology in such a fun, outrageous way. So that's, that's my favorite part. And then looking towards next year, I just like hope we get to continue with what we've done and just grow our family even more, more listeners, more people contributing. I think it's a secret of why it works so well is that it's just a family of people who comes together and does what, does what we love and shares it with the world. I love that. Do you guys come up with your new, you know, ideas? Do you take like, do you get good requests from people for things to cover or just ideas kind of organically grow as you do one episode and think, you know, it'd be really cool. What if we had, you know, this topic? Yes, Sarah, you answer it. Oh, I was going to say, so, you know, so I can speak for myself and just the quiz show and puns as opposed to Nicole who falls asleep listening to me. I lay awake when I'm like falling asleep and think about number one, the giant to-do list of things I need to do that I haven't done. But then I think of terrible pathology-based puns, and then I try to remember them for the quiz show. And that's why they're all such bad puns, because I'm only half awake when I'm thinking them up. So that's That's the secret sauce right there, not being fully conscious. My role is I just show up, which is just so much fun. I had the first the first few episodes, I've got a quiz together and I'm just not a person who likes to like script things out. I like to just bring the magic however I'm feeling. And so I just like to show up and it's great. So Comron's been more involved this past year and he has taken over the quiz section, which I was like, whoo, now I can just be me. So much fun. I love it. But I think that brings up a great point, which is anyone who's out there listening to this episode, if you want to be on the quiz show, if you want to interview someone, if you have a great idea for an episode, reach out, direct message us, uh, message any of us, and we would love to have you on. And so, yeah, it's a group effort. Happy birthday, Pat. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pat. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so good to bye. see everyone. Good to see everybody.
Support for the Free PathPod podcast comes from listeners who like it and share it with their friends. So go ahead, send someone the link. And be sure to subscribe to PathPod wherever you download your podcasts. PathPod is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not medical advice. As always on the podcast, any views expressed are solely those of the person speaking and do not necessarily represent their employers, their affiliated institutions, affiliated professional organizations, other speakers on the program, their friends, their families, their pets, or anyone involved in the production and distribution of this podcast. Thanks for listening to PathPod. Thank you.